Hello and welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Here you can find all our weekly messages. We trust that God will speak to you today. Enjoy the message. I'm grateful to be able to communicate God's Word to you today. Today is a little unique if you're here for the first time. Um, we usually just have a sermon, but today we're going to have a sermon and a statement, and I'm going to do my very best to articulate the vision that God has for us in this upcoming year. As I said, our church turns eight years old on September 13th. It's our pastoral anniversary is probably a better way to put it, and um, we, we are excited because we know that the best days are not behind us, that we will not live looking at the good old days because any time that your memories exceed your dreams, the end is near. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Anytime you get to a place in your life where the memories exceed the dreams, the end is near. What do they talk about in nursing homes? They talk about their memories. Why? Because their memories exceed their dreams because the end is near. But here at this church, we will not uh, just stay in the good old days. We won't live in the past, but instead we will ask God for a vision for the future. And I believe it's so important. I believe it's so important that we never let our memories exceed our dreams because when our memories exceed our dreams, the end is near. So we're going to be dreaming together today. And if you have a copy of God's word, we're going to be in Exodus 19. Exodus 19, Moses has uh, helped uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the leading of God, uh, he has helped a nation be set free from 400 years of slavery. But it's, they haven't arrived to the place that God has called them to. They've just been taken out of the place that they were enslaved from. Does this make sense? There's a gap between the promised land and Egypt. And this is where we're going to find ourselves in Exodus 19. See, sometimes God will get you out of Egypt, but he also has to get the Egypt out of you because he doesn't want a remnant of slavery to go into the promised land. So although your physical body is, is no longer enslaved, the mentality was still enslaved. And, and so sometimes God will, God will take you through a process because he can't take you from Egypt to the promised land because a lot of times, although you're out of Egypt, he has to get the Egypt out of you. You have to wean yourself off of generational curses that might exist and it, they must be broken. And that's what God is doing through Moses when they're wandering in the desert for 40 years and they find themselves in chapter 19 where we're going to be. We're two months after Uh, they left Egypt. In verse 1, it says, exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai after breaking camp at Rephidim. They came to the wilderness of Sinai to set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. I love this so much. Verse 3, then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. Then the Lord called him from the mountain and said, give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce uh, it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Aren't you grateful that during a season like this, that God has not left us, nor has he forsaken us? The Bible says that he carries us on eagle's wings, that the righteous will never have to be forsaken, and the descendants of Abraham will never have to beg for bread. God has taken care of us. It could have been so much worse. It could have been so much worse, but you made it to church today and he has brought you in on eagle's wings. Now, if you will obey me, every promise that God has ever given has a premise. You can write this down. Every promise has a premise. Every promise has a premise. Now, if you obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on the earth. For all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. 
This is the message you must give the people to the people of Israel. So Moses returned from the mountain. He climbs down the mountain and he called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had commanded him. This is what we're doing today. I believe God has spoken and I believe we're calling together and, and, and we're going to talk about what God has said. And he told them everything the Lord had commanded him. Verse eight. And the people responded together. We will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought his people answer back to the Lord. He had to climb back to the mountain and tell the Lord. This is what the people are saying. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses. This is what I want. I want the glory of God to come thick and heavy in this church. So the people themselves can hear me when I speak with you, and they will always trust you. A great leadership principle found here is that if a leader ever breaks the trust of his followers, he has to regain that trust. And I believe that that's what we're doing in this season is we are regaining the trust of our church leaders and of the vision that God has given us. Moses told the Lord what the people have said. Then the Lord told Moses, go back down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them do their laundry. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We need it to speak to us. We didn't come here to play games. We didn't come here to be cute with it. We came here to hear from a living God. We need you to show up in a thick cloud of glory. We need it to be so evident that you are speaking, that we would leave drenched in the presence of God, that we would not lower our expectations, that we're just hearing from a man, but instead that we would raise our expectation level to receive directly from your word and directly what you have for us today. God, we, we need you as a church. We need you as a country. We need you as a nation, and we need you as a people. Thank you for allowing us to be carried on eagle's wings. Thank you for bringing us together today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, John. You could stay close. When I was uh, nine years old, my parents did something that we probably wouldn't recommend these days. On my ninth birthday, they gave me a special birthday gift. On my ninth birthday, not my 19th. On my ninth birthday, they said, we are sending you to India for 30 days by yourself. Okay? Nine years old. How many of you have a nine-year-old or around nine years old? How many of you could picture sending that nine-year-old to southern India, Madras to be exact, for a whole month with no one in your family with them? Some of you are like, your parents were crazy. They are crazy. Spent a month in India doing children's ministry and uh, learning culture. And it was awesome, man. It, it, I, I, if I look back on that time in my life, I would say that it was those moments that kind of fostered in me the call uh, for ministry, probably the evangelistic side of my gifting, my missionary mindset for everyone from the golf course to the gym to Starbucks to this room right here. Like my missionary mindset was established in those times. And I remember there was a time where we were going to take a couple of days and climb a mountain. How many of you like to climb a mountain? You just you like wake up, some of the freaky people in here, you just like that you enjoy like waking up, putting on some hiking boots and going to a different elevation. Well, um, we, we, we decided we were going to climb this mountain. And what they told me was they said, you need to pack layers because when you change in the altitude, as you ascend the mountain, uh, your attire needs to match the temperature because as you go higher, the temperature goes lower. As you go higher, the temperature goes lower. 
And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I have a base layer, then I have a sweatshirt, then I have a jacket, then I have gloves and a hat. And the higher we went, the more layers I needed. And the same is true when it comes to our relationship with God over long periods of time. Every level requires a new layer. Every level you go to, every place you ascend to in, in the kingdom of God, every place that you travel to to hear from God will require different attire. See, you can't go to a new level in an old outfit. Oh, I came to preach. You can't go, you cannot put old wine, the Bible says, into new wineskins. And what I've discovered about the church is a lot of times we want God to do something new while still being dressed looking like something old. And what he says is, is Moses has to climb up and down this mountain. See, Moses was prepared to encounter God at God's level instead of expecting God to encounter him at his level. Scholars say that Moses ascended and descended Mount Sinai eight times. At this stage in his life, he would have been over 80 years old. He was not young. He was not uh, energetic. He had had problems with his father-in-law. He had been a shepherd. He had uh, had a lot of issues with Pharaoh. He had been he had been in a lot of places. He had a lot of experience, yet he was still willing to ascend the hill and to ascend the mountain of God. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to get tired of getting to a place where I can encounter God. I don't ever want to get tired of going to a place where I can meet with the Lord. I don't ever want to get too tired to, 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 to be lazy in, in, in my ascension to meet with God. So the Lord has shown me three things through this passage that I think I want to communicate to you today. And then after that, I'm going to set the trajectory in a very specific way. This isn't normal. What I will read to you later on today is not, it's not what we normally do on Sundays. But I think that at this stage, it's almost like we've been out of one season of slavery, but we haven't yet gotten to the promised land as a church. And so I need to do what Moses did. I'm not Moses by any stretch, but what I need to take his cue, and I need to make sure that I am leading you specifically to the next season. The first thing that the Lord showed me was that this is the year of ascension. This is the year where we're going to go higher. A, a new level, Joyce Meyer says, you know, with every level as a new devil, you know? New levels, new devil. That's old school preaching for you guys right there. This is the year of ascension. God is going to take us to a new place this year, to a place that we've never been to before. But you must be prepared, dressed and ready to go to the new altitude because I, I believe he's calling us to an altitude adjustment. And not everyone can hang when the altitude shifts. See, it takes some time to get used to new altitudes. And, and every, every layer and every level requires a new layer. We cannot go into a new climate in an old outfit. And so I want to let you know we've been going on this journey for eight years as pastors. And Moses ascends eight times. And I just see the correlation of every time we, we go to meet with God, we have to up the ante. We have to up our expectation as to what God is going to do. And this year has brought with it many layers. This is a multifaceted year. Would you agree? We have had earthquakes in North Carolina. Another layer, right? There's been a global pandemic. Another layer, another level. It's been on another level this year. We have two hurricanes coming towards us at the same time right now. It's another level. It's an election year. It's another level, another layer, another level. We're not going to allow the division that exists in our culture creep in to our church. Hear me, hear me. 
there are things that matter a lot more than a four-year term at stake. That is eternity. Everyone lives forever somewhere, and that's what matters most to me. So policies aside, politics aside, we will rise up to look above. We will will ascend the hill, and we will look at a long-term view of people's eternity before we get caught up divided by politics. What else has happened? Oh, you've become a homeschool mom. Another layer. Another level. Some of you are like, please help me, Pastor. Open the church. Start a private school yourself. Please, please, please help me. Can I drop them off here for a few hours? I get it. I get it. There's been a lot of levels. You know, no college football. Oh, another level. I'm just kidding. That's just a joke. Not really. I haven't picketed yet, but I promise you right now, if they cancel the NFL, I will. I will bring signs to the streets. <laughs> I haven't been on Twitter, posted a lot, but boy, you cancel the NFL. Woke Michael, come out. <laughs> I'm just joking, y'all. Relax. Relax. It's just a joke. Psalm 24, verses 3 through 5 says, Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. Every promise has a premise. If you want to ascend the hill of the Lord, if you want to climb the mount of the Lord, if you want to go and stand in his holy place, your hands must be clean and your hearts must be pure. They will receive the Lord's blessing. I don't know about you, but if there's anything I want is the Lord's blessing. I want the Lord's blessing in this season. I want the Lord's blessing for you in this season. And the place where we get it is on the mountain of the Lord. And how we get to the mountain of the Lord is we stand in his place. How do we stand in his place? Our hands must be clean and our hearts must be pure and have the right relationship with God, their Savior. In this new season comes a new weather pattern and we are going to a new altitude. We are moving higher together in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This is also the year of attention. It's a year of ascension, and it's a year of attention. Moses learned to hear from God, to give his attention to God. I've been thinking about Moses' first encounter when he was called by God, when there was a a burning tree. You have to know that Moses, at, at the time, was a shepherd, was so used to and accustomed to being around these mountains and around this terrain that that God, that God would get his attention, not just that something was on fire, but that it was not consumed. He was listening and leaning in when he encountered that burning tree, that burning bush. When he saw it, when he leaned into it, he was willing to stop what he was doing to hear from God. And God says, take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to stop what I am doing, to hear God with such specificity that I would be willing to hear him give me instructions that sound ridiculous. Think about this. Who else would tell you to take off your shoes if you're walking behind sheep all day long? Trust me, if there's anything you want to keep on, it's something on your feet. But when God speaks with such specificity, we must respond with such obedience. And what I love about Moses is that even in the monotony of the mountainside, even of the monotony of shepherding, he was able to see and hear the instructions of God. I want to encourage you to give the Lord your attention this year. 
to give the Lord your attention, to lean in and listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. You are going to be you are going to encounter ample distractions this season. Let me tell you, the distractions will come from all sides. But if you can learn to hear the voice of God, even in the monotony of your day to day, He might tell you to do something ridiculous, and when you obey, you will leave the legacy that Moses left. He had the ability to hear God and to follow his instructions. It even says in Luke 8, 18 in the New Testament, it says, so pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. I don't know about you, but what I need right now where truth is hard to find, I need understanding from the Lord. But those who are not listening, even what, even what they think and understand will be taken away from them. I need to listen to the Lord. I need to listen to the Lord. It is a year of ascension. We're going to a new level. It is a year of attention. We're going to learn to listen. And it is also a year of consecration. We are being weeded out, separated. We are being torn apart in the best way because only those who live righteous and holy lives can survive. Consecration means to be declared sacred, set apart, to be dedicated to service. This year is going to be made sacred. What I've learned about sacred seasons is that you learn to live off of less. When you fast, you learn to live off of less. You learn that scarcity is actually sometimes part of God's plan. I know that a lot of people preach prosperity, a lot of prosperity gospel preachers will, will, will preach prosperity, but there's something to be said when God is the only thing you got. There's something to be said when you, can't, when you can't go to the grocery store anymore, when you can't go to that favorite restaurant anymore, when you can't take your kids to school, when all you have is in your hands. Scarcity produces gratitude. Thank God for what I do have. Thank God for what I do have. A lot of us ask God for what we do not have, but I think some of us need to spend this year thanking God for what we do have. There's a shift in perspective that happens, and when scarcity comes into your life, you think that it's the enemy, but maybe it's God's deity saying, I want you to understand that the little you got is all that I need. There's a widow in the Old Testament. She's about to, to die. She's ready to die. She's ready to, her, for her life to be over. And she meets the prophet and she says, I'm ready to die. I'm gathering sticks to make my last meal and we're, gonna, we're just going to lay down and die. And he says, no, what do you have? Go get all the jars. Go get all the jars that your neighbors have because scarcity produced the miraculous in her life. So if you are at a point of scarcity right now, maybe you lost your job, maybe you're struggling right now, emotionally, spiritually, you are in the best place for God to do what only he could do and just show gratitude to God that even though I have a little, I've made it. I've made it. I've made it. Gratitude is the attitude that gets you to the new altitude. Oh, I came to preach today. I'm spitting bars. We have to declare this year as sacred. We have to give the Lord our attention, and we have to go to another level. Are you with me? So those are the three observations I've derived from Exodus 19. Now what I would like to do is to read you a letter, uh, and and it's lengthy, okay? I'm not going to lie. It was longer in the first service than I expected it to be, but I think it's important. Here's why. This is basically the reset of our fiscal year. For us, the second week in September is when the church starts all over. And 
it has been compounded this year by having to shut down for several months. It's been compounded this year with having to reevaluate our effectiveness with in-person gatherings. And so more importantly now than ever, it's important that our church gets on the same page. And I have some statistics to share with you that are awesome. How much we've, how many people we've reached and people we've baptized. And it's been incredible. I also have some things to clarify as to our response to reopening and regathering. And then I also have some great news for you in regards to what God has been doing in our church. Are you okay if I read something to you? It won't feel like a sermon, so it's not going to be like goosebumps and, and, and oil or anything like that, but it's, it's, it, it's clarifying. And here's, here's what Moses does. Moses goes and hears from God, and then he etches in stone tablets the Ten Commandments, and then those Ten Commandments are written so that they can be read. And so I think it's important to hear from God spiritually and in the moment, but it's also to etch in stone, stand on something that is solid. And so I got answers for you from the Lord. I went to Chicago two weeks ago, and every free moment I have, I would answer all these questions that I had been getting, and all these all these things that were in my mind. You know, I don't know if you have like, you know, random thoughts in your head that you're like, man, I should probably write that down. I spent the entire week in Chicago just writing it down. It, it, it's, it's a doozy. So if, if you have a snack, now would be a time to get it. Um, I don't know if you brought a snack. If you brought, people got their cliff bar and everything ready to go. Are you ready? Okay. To the church body that has my heart, the state of the church is strong. Not because we are strong, but because in, his, in our weakness, he is strong. I bring you greetings in the name of the Lord. This update is lengthy but necessary. The 40 days of focus is officially complete, and I am proud of those who have prayed, fasted, and grown during this season. It never seems to disappoint. With these 40 days comes a lot of change and transition, and I plan on covering that in this update. We are approaching our eighth year as lead pastors of Focus Church. And over the last eight years, we have had a front row seat to everything that God has done. This has been eight years of harvest, also eight years of hurdles. It has not been easy. And as a leader, I have learned a lot. Certainly, I would not have claimed to have yet arrived. As a pastor, my heart has grown. As a preacher, my passion has increased. The vision, has brought, the vision that brought us here has not shifted one bit but the venues and expressions have. My value system has been adjusted. And what used to be cool and important years ago is not nearly as on the high of the list of priorities for our organization like it used to be. I stand before you today a changed man. I'm also challenged, challenged with the current climate of our church's spiritual temperature. To know one individual's fault, we have struggled to know how to lead during this time. My experience as a leader is limited, and that experience has been stretched thin over the past few months. I am relying heavily on your prayers during these days as we seek God for wisdom in what we should do next as a church. For eight years, Ashton and I have always been able to quickly answer the what's next question. The vision and the steps to accomplish that vision have had bumps in the road, but nothing like the current challenges we are facing. And I'm going to do my very best to break those challenges down for you over the next few minutes to provide to you as much clarity as I can while we are still in a very fluid season that changes hour by the hour. Every year around this time, we take a weekend to clarify the muddy waters of our vision and to set the trajectory of our future. This is a very transparent and personal weekend. The level of detail and specificity is unique, more unique than most Sundays, but I believe it's important to share with you where we are. Are you with me? This isn't normal. If you're here for the first time, 
This isn't what we do every week, but I think it's important once a year. It's kind of like a family meeting, but on a Sunday morning. I used, there used to be annual church business meetings when the pastor was nervous about getting voted out. We don't have that here. We don't have congregational vote. We have an elder board, but uh, this is kind of like what you would cover at an annual church business meeting, but instead we're opening up the hood for everyone to see inside because there's no uh, need to hide anything that I'm about to share. Let's start with some measurable goals. First of all, we believe that every number has a name and every name has a story. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, we have been able to witness the mission and vision of our church continue without wavering one bit. We know that it can be hard to see or feel the difference you are making in the lives of so many people in this season, but people like Christy, Adrian, Megan, Liza, Lee, John, Nicole, Shelly, Reggie, and Megan, who were all baptized during this pandemic, those are people whose lives have been changed this entire time. There are also people who have found our church home via online experience, who have accepted Christ after watching a sermon. We thought we'd share publicly a few things that God has done during this season. Our YouTube subscribers, shout out to all my YouTube subscribers, like and subscribe. Our YouTube subscribers has grown by 30%. We've had over 200,000 minutes viewed on our Facebook. We've seen over 52,000 engagements uh, on our live experiences on Facebook and over 15,000 YouTube views just during this pandemic. Our reach spreads wide with regular viewers from Missouri, New York, Florida, California, Arizona, Michigan, Texas, Maryland, Georgia, New Jersey, Virginia, and South Carolina. And our reach has gone global with countries like Belgium, Spain, Turkey, Mexico, Puerto Rico, not a country, India, Zambia, and Panama watching every single week. When you share the sermon... You are helping us spread the message of life change one view at a time. Let me transition us into some commonly asked questions during this season. And it gets a little tense here, but we'll get through it together, okay? Here's some questions I'm getting commonly asked right now. What are you going to do about church gatherings as COVID-19 seems to continue to be a threat for some? As you're fully aware, this is quite complex, We've been faced with an ever-moving target, and it's been really hard to land on the right approach. I've made several mistakes during this reopening phase, and it's not gone as smoothly as I imagined it would. The virus itself presents a set of challenges we are faced with meeting, and coupled with that, there seems to be a lack of real unity on how to safely gather around the country. As a leader, I've been put in a place many times where, where my personal ideology intersects with our organizational decision-making. Do you all get that? The tension has never been more evident when it comes to opening back up worship services. One of the ways that I would like to ease this tension is by providing safer environments for worship moving forward, by moving them outdoors during the fall. Our belief in an omnipresent God uh, allows us the freedom and flexibility to worship wherever and whenever. The temple, although still valuable, is not the only place that he dwells. So you will find that our leaning towards outdoor, rooftop, and drive-in worship services might be more prevalent as the temperature in the fall drops. Summertime seems to bring with it a lot of unpredictable rain, and the heat is not always conducive for our equipment to be outdoors. But until then, we will continue to offer worship gatherings in the same way we always have. Your children can always reserve their seats for Sunday at backinchurch.com. All right, next one. Will we ever mandate masks for our indoor worship services. Are you ready? I love you. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. So do I. 
There have been masks at the doors at both of our locations since the first day we opened. We never encourage people to not wear masks, and we certainly are never creating an environment demeaning to those who do wear them. We know that not everyone will believe the same way about wearing a mask in the same way that everyone will not believe the same way about getting a vaccine if and when one becomes available. We do our best to ensure that we don't impose requirements that are not mandated to worship, though they might be culturally popular. As of right now, we would allow someone who is not masked to worship with us in the same way that we would allow someone who is unvaccinated to worship with us as well. Masking can be looked at, at as an external prevention method, like a vaccination can be seen as an internal prevention method. I would hate to infringe on anyone's ability to attend church while we have also provided alternative ways to attend, such as online and outside. In short, as of right now, we would not mandate masks for our indoor worship. If the mortality rate of the virus reached levels that were mandatory, I would move strictly to online services before mandating masks. Okay? Everyone got it? Cool. What are we going to do for the Apex Campus when it comes to pastoral leadership? We are saddened by the transition of Pastor David and Nevada Garcia while grateful for the time they spent reaching people for Christ. Prior to this week, we had made plans to publicly honor them in person at our Apex Campus, but because of circumstances outside of our control, that will no longer be possible. At a future date, we will host an online send-off party for Pastor David in Nevada, but at this time, an in-person send-off is not possible. When it comes to succession, Pastor David built an incredible, strong leadership team, and we met this week with the Apex leadership team to set the pace for the upcoming season. This transition is still in the incubation phase, and we want to make sure that the speed does not get in the way of wisdom. That's for all the teenagers trying to date someone right now. Do not let speed get in the way of wisdom. Thank me later. Speed, get in the way of wisdom. Slowing down this process allows us to put every option on the table and making the best decision for the entire church. We have decided to call an Apex family meeting on Sunday, August 30th at 5 p.m. This will be in person or online. You can just RSVP at focus.church slash Apex. I know many of you don't aren't involved in our Apex campus, but we are one church in two locations, so it's important that you know because you might have friends that live on that side of town. On town. I've asked Pastor Chris and Cheryl Weiss to spend their Sundays there for the next few months to simply be a bridge between the two campuses. Leadership transition is tough by itself, and when you add to the mix that it's a video campus where the lead pastor is not physically present, it can be even more challenging. Pastor Christian Cheryl are going to be attending to simply help keep those who are attending in-person gatherings connected and cared for. They will be working closely with the leadership team on that front. Alongside with Pastor Chris, you will see a lot more of Pastor Dave Gwynn at the Apex Campus. He is there for healing and restoration for anyone who might be going through a tough time spiritually during this transition. His gift and ministry specialty is care, freedom, and healing. If anything in your heart or soul seems to be broken, he can help really in a profound way. His ministry experience spans far and wide, and he has my full trust and support. Also, a job description for what we're looking for in an Apex Campus pastor can be found online at focus.church slash jobs. So if you know of anyone who feels called to that, you can have them go there to look at the profile. What about the city campus? For those who do not know, we were in the process of launching a third location um, before Armageddon. We had some revival-style momentum 
behind the launch of the city campus, something my heart and soul was fully in alignment with at the start of this year. It was almost too good to be true, right? It was almost too good to be true. The atmosphere at the city campus was ideal for taking our church to a new level. I still believe that our church will reach people with that style and in that region of the city, but God has clearly spoken to Pastor Ed and I about putting this pursuit on hold for the time being. This decision was not easy, but I do feel at peace with it. Pastor Ed and Yvette will still be on the team serving our online campus and our life groups. If you previously found yourself on the leadership team or involved at the city campus, I would ask that you pour your efforts into our online or whichever physical campus is most convenient for you. For now, we have no date or plans to reopen with a third location. Let's talk student ministry. After seeking the Lord and praying with our student ministry volunteers, we believe that God has called us to focus on spiritual discipleship this fall in 2020. Living in a time where truth is harder to find than ever before, the next generation needs to be built on a solid foundation that is Jesus. We're going to dive deep into scripture, answering tough questions of life and seeking truth more than ever before. Starting in September, 2020 student ministries will begin to meet more frequently every other week on in the East Raleigh campus. We believe that meeting together more frequently will provide more opportunity to strengthen our relationship with Christ and have moments where he speaks to us. You can always find out more about the student ministry at focus.church slash students. What about the sale of the East Raleigh property? I'm glad you asked. This might be the source of most of my stress during this time. The pandemic was tough. The recent staffing transitions have been really tough, but the delays on the sale of our property have been equally challenging. We still have a signed letter of intent from a potential buyer. They seem to have interest in pursuing the deal we have structured. The pandemic has moved their attention as a company to figuring out how to operate as a business instead of intently pursuing this expansion. This delay has had a ripple effect and it just seems to be going slower than I ever thought. As of now, the property remains on the market and the legal team of the potential buyer is working on a contract. They always say it's coming this week. And they've been saying that for months. Um, once they present to us their terms, we have our lawyer ready, 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 re ready and waiting to go over it before we sign. As always, any transaction of this magnitude is voted on and signed off by our incredibly wise elder board. Know that I will update you on the major news uh, the moment that I can and that it transpires. Next question. How, has the, how have the gatherings, or lack thereof, affected our church financially? This topic is not one that is very easy to articulate or describe in a short paragraph, but I will do my best. We have always and will continue to carry on our hearts a high level of faith in the credible fact that God is our provider. He is our shepherd, and we lack nothing. While we trust him to provide, he has re reciprocated that trust equally in asking us to steward what has come into this storehouse. And this season has brought with us some unpredictable inconsistency in generosity. People have lost their jobs. Their hours have been cut. And some have had to sacrifice their income in order to care for their family at home during this time. All of this has led us to see a small drop in finances but not a major crash or disruption. We watch this dip in generosity very carefully as it relates to our expenditures that are flexible. We cut down on the things that are flexible before we move to the fixed budgeted items. As of now, 
We are looking into every department and doing our best to identify any and all expenses that might not be as effective during this time. We will take those non-effective expenses and stop them immediately. This is one of the reasons that we are putting the city campus launch on hold. Its associated costs did not justify the potential reach during this season uh, as a country. As, you, as your pastor, I want to first thank those who have been faithful when it wasn't easy. I've tried, I've tried to convey our needs without pressure or tone that would cause you to think that we have lost trust in God because we haven't. This tension also brings me to ask those who are able to give, to give cheerfully and generously if God has brought you unexpected income, more hours, or been blessed during this season. Let me encourage you to honor him in that. Our team is doing everything we can to keep our expenses low, while we are asking you to do everything you can to help us meet our needs every month. Thank you for your continued generosity. One thing that has not changed is our global missions and our local outreach has not wavered or decreased in one bit. We have started new partnerships with several individuals and organizations we believe in, and we believe in being generous as a church. You can always give online at givetofocus.com. Everybody good? Exhale. It's okay. What will life groups look like this fall? If there was ever a time to not neglect discipleship and spiritual growth, now would be it. We need each other now more than ever. While the traditional model, model of gathering in homes might be tough for some, we have decided to get creative this semester. Our life groups will meet in multiple formats to help meet multiple needs. You will be able to attend a group in an environment of your personal preference. It's Burger King life groups, baby. Have it your way. If you would like to attend a group that meets outside, we're going to do our best to offer that. While we have the acreage and land available, we want to use it. I imagine people could be socially distanced around a fire in these fields this fall. If interaction in close proximity is still not comfortable for you, we are doing our best to also provide online opportunities to connect. Zoom groups are going to be available. Some groups might even choose to offer Zoom rooms and meet in person to accommodate those of varying comfort levels. You can sign up to lead a group, which is our greatest need right now, at focus.church groups, and life groups will start at the end of September, beginning of October, focus.church groups, to sign up to lead a group. And you can lead one online, or if you just want to have a fire outside, you can do that. What about our all-leadership meetings? We're excited to, to announce that the all-leaders meeting will be returning this fall under a new name and format called Leadership Pipeline Online. Leadership Pipeline is a chance for you to develop your gift as a leader both for both the ministry and the marketplace. This new format allows us to provide content that you can consume on your own time and gather together for an online or live stream or in-person event once a month. Leadership Pipeline will be around eight weeks in a masterclass in our culture and leadership values. As we shift our approach, I believe this will increase our reach. And as we increase our reach, this will allow us to move more people from simply regular attendees to passionate leaders. Our enrollment for Leadership Pipeline starts the Monday after our, our pastoral anniversary service. And you can find more details at leadershippipelineonline.com. Almost done. Two more things. You good? Is this helpful? Okay, cool. It's like the State of the Union, but without any applause breaks. We're saving a lot of time. What is our staff learning during this season? I am predicting an uptick in emotional pain and despair over the next year as we recover from this major life-changing shift. Our staff recently entered into a program called Churches That Heal by Dr. Henry Cloud. 
This journey helps leaders learn how to heal from any clinical depression, anxiety, or pain. Then it takes the staff through training on how to help others heal from that same pain. You can find more information online at churchesthatheal.com. And finally, some good news as John begins to come to play. For the last eight years, we have been working towards creating a health benefits package for all of our staff. And up until this point of our journey, we have never provided health benefits to anyone on staff for eight years. I'm excited to announce to you that after years of hard work and because of your generosity, we are now covering all eligible staff members with health insurance. And this is something to celebrate. This is a year of ascension. This is a year of attention. And it's a year of consecration. I don't know about you, but I just like all of us being on the same page. Wouldn't you agree? Like, I could come up here and I could preach a sermon every Sunday. But if there's questions in your mind, if there are things in your mind that aren't answered, I want to do my very best to answer those. As a matter of fact, you might have got an email from me just to set up a phone call this week. If you didn't get one of those emails, just reach out to hello at focus.church and they'll set you up with a time to talk. But uh, I've gotten hundreds of responses. I literally will be on the phone for the next three weeks and I cannot wait to connect with you and to speak with you. And so just email hello at focus.church or you can write on the back of a U card that you'd like to get connected if you didn't get that email. I'm sure that there are more questions than I provided answers for, but I believe that today probably got us clarity. Would you agree? And I believe that our best days are, are not behind us. They're in front of us. And I believe much like Moses, we've ascended the hill of the Lord and we've come back down with some clarity as to what God has called us to do. And I think that we are not going to stop. We're not going to stop. And that our best days are in front of us. Would you bow your heads as we close in prayer? Maybe you came in today and you don't know the Lord and you say, man, this is a weird Sunday, but I, I, need, I need Jesus. I need to know the Lord. I came in desperately needing to hear from him and I've met with God today for the first time and I've never been saved and I want to be. And I got dragged here today by a friend or a family member. Or I just stumbled across it and I came in watching online. If that's you today. I just want to be able to pray for you. Would you just slip your hand up? You say, I need Jesus today for the first time. I want to be saved. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your saving grace. Thank you, God, that despite my flaws, and despite our flaws, you send your son down to, to die for us on the cross. Before I was ever even, before I made my first mistake, my sins were forgiven. Forgiveness so fast that it happened in the past. Thank you for that. Thank you for that saving grace. And I just pray for my brothers and sisters at the sound of my voice, that they would experience that same saving grace that comes from the Father through the Son, Jesus and is empowered by the Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. This ministry is made possible because of the generosity of many people just like you. To partner with us, you can click the link in our description or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe now and share it with a friend. 
For more inspirational content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash Join us next week for another incredible message.